Just when I think I won't have anything to rant about, Mike Gundy goes and runs a stupid mouth. Stay tuned for that and the debut of a brand new segment. Run that intro. You're listening to a Holyfield podcast. This episode of Prem Brulee is sponsored by The Vintage Wave, an online boutique sports apparel store with throwbacks and unique one-of-a-kind vintage goods. From new Mitchell and Ness looks to classic Nike and Adidas looks, The Vintage Wave has everything a sports or fashion fan could need. Visit them online at thevintagewave.com. All right, listeners, you're tuned in to the number one podcast in your headphones. Don't ever get it twisted. Don't ever play yourself. Prem Brulee, back for another episode. I'm your host, Prem Obad, as always. I'm uh, riding solo this time. Promise to have guest hosts coming in on rotation here, but... I thought I'd tackle this one by myself here. So, without further ado, Yafam or not leads us off in Week 10 of the NFL. This week's headline is, quote, is it all about the Rams, Saints, and Chiefs? So, New Orleans looked impressive. They scored on all of their drives against the Cincinnati Bengals, except for their final one, which was them needing the ball to run out the clock. The... Los Angeles Rams won a key game amidst a crazy situation with those ongoing forest fires, which um, definitely is more important and understandable for them to be distracted with people evacuating homes, including players of them of their own. Um, serious situation going on out there, and you feel for them. Um, but amidst all that, they managed to get a key win on Sunday. And then uh, the Chiefs got to play the Arizona Cardinals, so they won pretty easily, 26-14. to Another big win worth noting is uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers winning big on Thursday night. They seem to uh, be rising in class in the AFC North and separating themselves from the pack. Um, overall, I'm a nod of this week. It seemed like kind of a snooze fest. There were a couple good matchups, but... Nothing worth writing home about. It's nothing that major. Nothing like the trades of last week uh, with all the wide receivers. So I'm a nod at this one overall. Uh, You can do better, NFL. And speaking of headlines, there isn't much of one for college football. It was pretty chalk week. Uh, Even the college football playoff rankings remained the same as last, last week with Alabama as number one, Clemson number two, Notre Dame at three, and Michigan at the number four and final playoff spot. If they were to start today, of course, Alabama would face Michigan and Clemson, Notre Dame. Uh, the first two on the outside looking in are remain the same. Number five, Georgia and number six, Oklahoma after uh, surviving a close game this past weekend. And then to round out the top 10, you have number seven, LSU, Washington state at number eight, West Virginia at number nine and Ohio state at number 10. Of course, your reigning national champions, UCF, are number 11, worth noting. To finish out, yeah, fam or not, there's a couple NBA moves worth headlines, and uh, one even dominated on a football Saturday and stole some headlines from uh, college football. Um, But before we get to that, a yeah, fam or not to Carmelo Anthony being the scapegoat for the Houston Rockets' struggles. So... Carmelo Anthony is just 10 games into a stint with the Houston Rockets. And it's reported that the Rockets are looking to move on from Carmelo Anthony, whether that be a trade or 
waving them all together. This past offseason, he was traded from uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder to, to the Atlanta Hawks, who then bought out his contract, and that's when he signed with Houston and was courted by Houston, worth noting. The team is obviously, and to no surprise, struggling defensively. Carmelo Anthony being added to that was never going to help that. They are taking good shots. Um, I think it was reported that their shot quality is the fourth best, but they're shooting very poorly. They're taking the most three-pointers in the league, but shooting in the bottom fifth at just 32.7%. Um, overall, for Wayne, whether Carmelo Anthony is the scapegoat, I'm a yeah fam to that. Absolutely. The, the Rockets' struggles are being pinned solely on Carmelo Anthony. I won't say he is without fault, but they knew everything they're getting themselves into when signing Carmelo. And this just seems like because it's they've shot so poorly, they're pinning it all on Carmelo. He's had an up-and-down season so far, scoring 20 in some games and then not contributing at all in others. But... You absolutely knew what you are getting when you signed him, and I think not enough blame is being put on your main two players, which is Chris Paul and James Harden, and it's alarming that they're shooting so poorly when you have someone like Clint Capella, who all he does is put back dunks or finish alley-oops, so something's not right in Houston, and I don't like just blaming it all on one person. I think there's more than meets the eye, and a lot of it has to do with uh, losing some key wing players over the summer to free agency, and don't think they've really fill, filled that void. I don't really see the point in blaming it on one person um, when you should be looking squarely first at your leaders and then going down from there. should be very interesting to see where Carmelo Anthony lands. Um, saw something linking him to the Philadelphia 76ers maybe taking a flyer. Uh, we'll have to see about that, but... I know fellow players in the NBA are not really digging him being the fall guy for the struggles of the Houston Rockets, who were, if you remember, a game away from being in the NBA Finals last season. Had a Game 7 at home in Houston against the Warriors. And that brings us to the main headline of the NBA, the one that stole um, some time on Saturday amidst college football. But Jimmy Butler traded from the Minnesota Timberwolves to the Philadelphia 76ers. He was shipped in exchange for Dario Saric, Robert Covington, Jared Bayless, and a 2022 second-round pick. Um, Philly, this is the first big move that new young GM Elton Brand has made, and um, they made the move with the intention of signing Jimmy Butler long-term. It pairs him with Joel Embiid, uh, Ben Simmons, and they do retain Markel Fultz, former number one overall pick, as a project. So um, Jimmy Butler is now a Philadelphia 76er, brief stint in Minnesota, but now back in the Eastern Conference. I am a yeah fam to this. Love the move by Philly. Love the move by Elton Brand. It is getting a star two-way player on their team to pair with some young budding suit superstars and Simmons and Embiid. I think he's going to be a key piece in them making a run in the East. And they are formidable now along with the Toronto Raptors and Boston Celtics. So stay tuned for this one. I'm a yeah fam to this. Philly made the right move. Sarge and Covington were key pieces, but anytime you can get a star like Jimmy Butler, you got to take that chance, especially while keeping 
your two other stars and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. There's no way this is anything but a yeah, fam. Um, I love, love, love that move. That brings us to likey, no likey, hate it. And you know how I like to do it. Uh, start from the positive and go negative because I'm an optimist and everything's up sports and we got to finish with the hard hitters. So the first likey of the sports week is in a college football week of not too much out of the ordinary, Northwestern clinching a spot in the Big Ten championship game was definitely the extraordinary. They beat Iowa 14-10 to and now find themselves heading to Indianapolis in a couple weeks to face the winner of Michigan-Ohio State who will represent the East. This is their first trip to Indianapolis as a representative of the Big Ten West. And worth noting, they if Michigan were to make the Big Ten Championship, which of course we hope does not happen, but regardless if they do, this would be a rematch. Uh, Northwestern earlier in the season was up 17 on the Wolverines and ended up losing 20-17, to 17, so um, there is a little bit of film for those two teams having played each other. And worth noting, the reason this is a likey is Pat Fitzgerald got his team to rally. They they lost an early game to Akron of all teams, but now find themselves the chance to win the Big Ten in Indianapolis, which is an absolute huge deal. I don't know how it ended up happening, but it did. No, Iowa is not the representative of the West. No, Wisconsin isn't. Everybody thought it would be a cakewalk for either one of those teams. But lo and behold, the champions of the Big Ten West, your Northwestern Wildcats. Okay, and a likey, even though football is dead, it is confirmed from last episode. Uh, likey to the Cowboys somehow finding a way to beat the Eagles on Sunday night football. Never thought that would happen. I don't think anyone thought that would happen, but I'll take it. And that leads right into my no lucky. This just in, only to Jason Garrett and Scott Linehan. Giving the ball to your best player, Ezekiel Elliott, gives you a better chance at scoring. This has been a this just in breaking news report for just Scott Linehan and Jason Garrett. Okay, before I get too heated, I wanted to give a special hate it to, no, I've covered this before, but since this week is upon us, hate it to this SEC trend of playing high school varsity teams late in the season as tune-up games, and somehow skating by without anyone noticing or bringing up the fact that they're playing such shit teams. Here's a little breakdown of uh, some key, just the ranked SEC teams and who their opponents are this coming week. Alabama is playing the Citadel this week. Georgia is playing UMass. LSU is playing Rice, Florida is playing Idaho, the Fighting Potatoes, and Auburn is playing Liberty. And no, not the broad sense of give me Liberty, but the actual school Liberty. So hate it to that. I think they should be playing conference games like everyone else is this late in the season, not be playing high school varsity squads as tune-up games where they pay these teams astronomical numbers just to get their ass whooped at these SEC home stadiums. So, hate it to that. And that brings us to the main event. Mike Gundy. 
Hate it to you. Mike Gundy is the head coach of the Oklahoma State Cowboys, the one with that stupid-ass mullet, famously having said, uh, I'm a man, I'm 40. Yeah, that goofy-ass guy. So Mike Gundy was asked a question about player transfers. And this was his quote without any interpretation initially. Quote, I think we live in a world where people are non-committal. We allow liberalism to say, hey, I can really just do what I want and I don't have to be really tough and fight through it. You see that with young people because it's an option they're given. We weren't given that option when we were growing up. In the world today, there's a lot of entitlement. I'm a firm believer in the snowflake. Gundy continues later. says, I'm talking about every millennial young person. Generation Z, I think, is what they call them. It's a world we live in because they say, well, it's a little bit hard. We say, okay, let's go try something else versus, hey, let's bear down, let's fight and do this. That's just general in society. Even if you're working down here at Walmart, your boss gets after you and tells you you're not doing a good job. You may go home and cry and tell your mom, but your mom may say it's okay. That's just the facts of life, the world we live in today. Don't get me on politics. End quote. Listen, Mike. Maybe first of all, you should fucking worry about your 5-5 five and five football team and the fact that you only have two conference wins in the Big 12 with a sorry-ass conference of defenses. Maybe we should start with that before you start ad- addressing big things bigger than you and things that make you look like a freaking idiot. Gundy is a head coach in a field where his peers can leave at the drop of a hat just for more money or just because they don't like a situation. But then he wants to criticize players for exercising their right to leave a program for their own benefit. And that player doesn't even get money. A lot of times that player then has to sit out a year just because they decided to change their mind on a school that they were told different expectations for. Just because they're not from your generation of putting your head down and working, you want to associate millennials as bad just because they're empowering themselves and speaking out. That's a problem to you? Just because they speak out, they're just supposed to be your servants and shut up and listen to you? Where's the individualism? Transferring players didn't quit. They're still playing the sport most times. They're just quitting on you, Mike. People like you with this old school mentality... That everybody's got to be like them or one generation's more correct than the others. Get with the fucking times, man. You have players of this generation. They're either going to make you a lot of money or you're going to find yourself not making any money if you keep that attitude. Focus on your 5-5 five and five football team and not associating things with politics, even though you flat out said you didn't want politics but used terms like liberal and snowflake as opposed to just talking about generational differences. There's no other way to slice this other than Mike Gundy being an idiot. He feels players should just be there to play no matter what, no matter what they were promised, no matter the fact that they're 18 to 22-year-olds and can change their mind on where they play football, while you can change your mind anytime you want just for some more money. Just because they're not doing it your way doesn't mean that they're some snowflakes Meanwhile, if you're one of those people that focuses and generalizes an entire generation, you're what's wrong. Mike Gundy exemplifies this 
stupid ass mentality that millennials can't work hard just because it doesn't fit with their stupid ass agenda of putting their head down and not speaking up for what they want. Get the fuck out of here. Realize that these recruits want to be individuals. They don't, they're going to be part of a team, but don't need you to tell them how to work hard and essentially just be obedient to you, master coach. Get the fuck out of here, Mike. Hate it to you. Just when I thought the rants were over, you open your stupid mouth. Don't don't get me on politics. Maybe you should check the words you used. Fuck out of here, Mike. And cut that goddamn mullet and start winning some football games. And maybe think up a better play call for your quarterback if you're going to try to win a game. Hate it to you. Okay, I'm really excited about this one. I promised a debut of a new category, and without further ado, here it is. This new category is called You Played Yourself. It's a brand new segment featuring results you didn't expect to happen and that probably shouldn't have ever happened. First up with You Played Yourself is the New England Patriots. They lost to the Titans 34-10. to Yes, you heard that correctly. That is a correct score. They lost a game... A key game that they should have won while they're battling for home field advantage with the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC. And you a bonus you played yourself, Bill Belichick has lost to the Lions and former assistant Matt Patricia earlier this season. And now has lost to a former player in Mike Vrabel and the Titans this year. So congratulations, you played yourself, New England Patriots. Speaking of past subjects covered, you played yourself to the Minnesota Timberwolves. You're telling me the Timberwolves got their best offer in getting back Dario Sarge and Robert Covington, essentially? It was reported that they turned down offer after offer for Jimmy Butler and settled instead for two decent players and no picks. 2022 second round pick might as well not be a pick. And... The one offer we heard of was the Rockets offering four first-round picks, and you took Sarich and Covington for a star player in Jimmy Butler? You played yourself, Minnesota. This is a pretty heavy-hitting topic to start off. Some big names. I've already brought up Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, unfazed by anything, championship mentality. Speaking of that, you played yourself goes to Nick Saban, who is planning to play his star quarterback and Heisman hopeful Tua Tungavailoa against the Citadel. With everyone suggesting Alabama should rest the star quarterback, Nick Saban thinks differently and feels the team should do better in ensuring that he doesn't take hits, in ensuring he doesn't take the hits that he has that have result, resulted in him being banged up and having a bum knee. Um, you played yourself, Nick. This is quite the opportunity to sit Tua in rest for some a big rivalry game and an SEC championship against Georgia, but hey, that's why you're the expert. It doesn't make you exempt from you played yourself though. Okay, just ranted about him, but his squad, Oklahoma State, my Gundy squad, Oklahoma State, you played yourself. Had a chance to upset number six Oklahoma in Norman. They went for two to win the game and quarterback Taylor Cornelius missed an open wide receiver while rolling out to his right to lose 48-47. to 
our favorite coach, Mike Gundy, then was asked whether his team wanted to go for two, to which he answered that more or less his decision is the only one that mattered. Another example why I hate it to Mike Gundy and his mullet ass. And very important, very poignant for right now, You Played Yourself goes to Brett McMurphy, an insider for Stadium Network. McMurphy released a piece about a former Buckeye wide receiver, Trevon Grimes, who is now a Florida Gator, um, and how he left the program reportedly after a racially charged altercation with former Ohio State wide receiver coach Zach Smith. We all know the name. Don't need to hash that further. Since that report came out, current OSU football players have current and past OSU football players who were present in the facility and a lot of which were present for the altercation have disputed the report. Trevon Grimes has even retweeted and liked tweets that dispute the report, essentially demonstrating that he is with the former players and their assessment that McMurphy's reporting was false. These players were there for the altercation, insist that former wide receiver coach Zach Smith never used the N-word like McMurphy reported. After talking with a few sources like Trevon Grimes' estranged father, who has been apparently, according to family, not in contact with Trevon Grimes, so wouldn't be an accurate source. The Ohio State University vehemently denies the report, having investigated the altercation themselves, and very sternly criticized McMurphy's reporting. Um, Ohio State's president, Michael Drake, called uh, McMurphy's story, quote, irresponsible, inflammatory, and a severe invasion of privacy of a student-athlete and his family. It is regrettable that McMurphy and his employer would use such poor judgment in running this inaccurate story, end quote. The Ohio State athletic director, Gene Smith, called it unequivocally false. So you played yourself, Brett McMurphy. Don't know what kind of reporting this is considered, but this kind of reporting would not fly anywhere. And I'm anxiously awaiting some sort of apology or retraction of this insanely irresponsible and poorly reported piece by McMurphy. Okay, time for Should They Be Worried? We had to cover uh, one LeBron, a.k.a. LeGod James, and the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, Should They Be Worried? LeBron's clutch free throw shooting. So uh, clutch free throw is defined as when the game is within five points. Um, This season, LeBron has been struggling in crucial moments. In the last five minutes, he's shooting just 58% from the line. In the last minute, 44% from the free throw line. And in the last 30 seconds of games uh, from the charity stripe, he, LeBron, is shooting just 38%. His overall free throw percentage this season is 73.6%, which is right around his career average of 73.9%. Should they be worried? Absolutely not. This is LeBron, God James, excuse me, we're talking about. He'll get it right. It's early in the season. I get that these stats make people happy and seeing LeBron fail somehow makes them feel a little less miserable. But I just wanted to add a bonus no likey to the people ripping LeBron and the Lakers for celebrating close wins against bad teams like the Hawks in November. 
I get it. They shouldn't just be winning close if they want any shot in April and May in the playoffs. But let him live. You act like you weren't just celebrating regular season wins against LeBron when he was on the Heat or the Cavs while they weren't trying very hard. As a fellow hater, I know him when I see him, and y'all are some hating ass Lagod haters, so I just want to put you guys on notice. But no, the Lakers shouldn't be worried yet. The other should they be worried is the New England Patriots. Do they need home field advantage to make the Super Bowl this year? Could they beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead like the season is starting to trend? Um, I'm not worried if I'm a Patriots fan yet. I think they could win in Arrowhead. I might be in the minority thinking that, but I think championship pedigree is just that, and you find a way to win games uh, that you aren't comfortable in, and I think that would be the perfect situation that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady would draw motivation from. So I'm not worried yet. They're still trending towards a top seed and maybe a first-round buy in the AFC. I don't think they necessarily need home field throughout in the AFC. Okay, and that brings us to who you got and what you're feeling. And you know I like to recap the previous picks. So, last episode I picked the Thursday Night Football game, which featured the 6-2 and two Panthers visiting Pittsburgh and the 5-2-1 and one Steelers. Um, a rare good matchup for Thursday Night Football. And I ultimately picked the Panthers, despite being the away team. Um, the Steelers were coming off a hard-fought division game. I couldn't have been more wrong. Pittsburgh dominated 52-21. to In my defense, though, I did point out Christian McCaffrey being a big role, and he was maybe the only bright spot for the Panthers, so the tiniest of victories, but I was very wrong. I did not make a college football pick because two of the main featured rank versus rank matchups were Alabama playing Mississippi State and Clemson playing Boston College, and I thought it wasn't even worth picking, and the result was that I was absolutely correct. Alabama beat Mississippi State 24 to nothing, and Clemson beat Boston College 27-7, so definitely right, even though I didn't even make a pick there. Then I uh, talked about the trades in the NFL, the wide receiver trades in general, and uh the best and worst trades from the deadline wide receivers and beyond. Um, a few things worth noting about the wide receivers that were traded. Wanted to cover how they've been doing since then. Amari Cooper, who was traded to Dallas for a first round pick, has been targeted a lot by the Cowboys in his two games. Um, Golden Tate has played just one game. It was a Sunday night game against the Cowboys and was very quiet in his debut, while uh, Demarius Thomas had a very solid first game with the Texans against his former team, the Broncos. And for one of my favorite trades of the deadline, outside of the wide receiver, I chose Dante Fowler going from Jacksonville to the Los Angeles Rams, and that sure did pan out this past weekend where Dante Fowler ended up with a key fumble recovery towards the end of the game against the Seahawks, which ended up being very big for their victory. And this week, straightforward for which games to pick this is quite the event and maybe a super bowl preview the nine and one chiefs will travel to los angeles to face the nine and one rams of course this monday night football matchup was originally supposed to be in mexico city but was just announced to be moved due to field conditions um this is an incredible matchup 
it's literally a toss-up for me, but, um, and of course this has all the makings of a shootout with pretty much struggling defenses, going against high-powered offenses. I'm going to go with my gut and a home victory for the Los Angeles Rams, playing motivated with everything going on in California, playing for them. Um, I'm going to go with the Rams here. For the college football game of the week to pick, this one was also uh, low-hanging fruit, but number three, Notre Dame, will be playing number number 12, Syracuse. Uh, this game is going to be in Yankee Stadium. The odds are Notre Dame being favored by nine points. Does Syracuse have a chance at an upset? Uh, of course, Ian Book is back healthy for the Irish and will be suiting up. Um, so for my pick... I think Syracuse does have a chance at the upset against Notre Dame, but I just think this seems meant to be, and I'm going with the Irish here and winning in Yankee Stadium. As for what I'm feeling this week, definitely feeling buying tickets to see Travis Scott on his Astroworld tour. I am very much looking forward to seeing my favorite artist live, so uh, definitely feeling that. And... You know I like to wrap up each episode with my too much sense, the advice that you didn't think you needed, but hopefully worth it, and it is way more than my two cents worth. So here we go, and this week's advice is just simple, and it is to be present, be focused, and actively listen to someone's words. If you're distracted, you're not really doing the person justice, you're not paying full attention, and you're not really respecting them because it's very, very difficult to concentrate on someone's words while you are looking at your phone or staring off in the distance or zoning out. So my too much sense for this week is to be present and actively listen. So that's that. And that'll wrap up another edition of Prem Brulee. I am your host, Bot from Holyfield. Please continue to pass these episodes along, share, subscribe, and please check out our other content from Holyfield, podcasts, uh, written pieces, video material, the whole nine yards. And uh, we will talk to you on the next edition of the number one podcast in your headphones. Don't ever get it twisted and don't ever play yourself.